0: I just kind of felt led as we were worshiping to maybe bring up, in this COVID-19, I know that all of us know of somebody who is going through a difficult time. And, and um, as you are here, and, and maybe you're the one going through the hard time, and, and we, you lay yourself on the altar, but I'm, I'm just asking that maybe you will be here representative. Maybe you're thinking of someone, uh, maybe a relative, someone close to you, but just someone you know is going through a difficult time. And uh, we're going to re- represent them. We're going to pray. We're going to intercede for for that one individual. So just as you, as I'm just kind of speaking out right now, maybe there's one person that the Holy Spirit is putting to your heart. God, I just pray for that individual right now. God, I pray as I'm in the presence of the Lord, Lord, that I will represent that individual, that God, you will move in their life. Or maybe a, a physical healing that they're needing or just a depression thing or or just, I don't know, I'm not too sure. I I can't. I can't figure all that out, but God does. So Lord, we just bring those people around us, Father, who are hurting, those people who are in need of healing, those people who are in need of the touch, maybe uh, someone who is in need of the presence of God, maybe someone who is uh, under the financial crunch and is needing the direction and is needing the provision of God. And Lord, we just pray over them right now as we're together as the body, Lord, we We all of a sudden realize that since we haven't had the chance to be together, the the advantage that we have of corporately gathering together, the power of union together. And God, we just take advantage of this right now, God. Beginning to pray, Father, for those people who are in deep need. Praying for the presence of the Holy Spirit. Praying for the touch of God. Lord, where you are, there is resurrection life. So, Lord, I just pray that you bring life and that you will breathe life into this meeting, into our lives, O oh God. Everything that we do, let it be for your glory, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Welcome. You may be seated. Good to see you here. Um, uh, I, I was asked to, to mention um, if we could obey all of the uh, requirements of social distancing, uh, that would be great. Uh, last week we had someone who breached protocol i didn't think it was that big of a deal but there are some people who do and uh so all of a sudden it got around and i said okay well i better make an announcement that hey guys behave yourself is that the best way of putting it uh we're just continuing on a series on uh i was gonna say on social distancing but it's not social distancing (laughs) it's on the fruit of the spirit um and, of course, the fruit of the Spirit is found in Galatians chapter 5, verses uh, uh, 20, uh, 22 to 23. Just let me find it in my notes uh, right now. Uh, like I've been saying to those people who kind of have been following along, it is is—it is not imitation of Christ. It is duplication of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. It's not the fruits of the Spirit. The uh, Greek term is singular. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Uh, of the Spirit. And I'm kind of finding that it's important to understand the fruit of the Spirit in the midst of a, uh, a pandemic. Because some of the fruit leaves us or seems to be more necessary uh, as we go deeper and deeper into the pandemic. And, and we need self-control and, and we need joy. And, uh, and all of the fruit of the Spirit are some things that, that I believe that the Holy Spirit works through us as we, we go through trying in, in crisis times. So let me read the passage of Scripture to you. It's uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Uh, Most of us have kind of heard this and have memorized it. We kind of remember the song in Sunday school as we have have, uh, grown up. And so I'm not going... uh, In order, I'm just kind of picking them out as the Holy Spirit kind of puts them on my heart. I want to talk about patience. Patience is something which is incredibly important in our lives. If you don't have patience, you get yourself into trouble. I heard the story of an individual who had a very sore foot, went to the doctor. The doctor sat him down and says, I think I know what the problem is. He says, let me go into my medicine cabinet. He goes and he brings out a great big tablet and... It's about the size that would choke a horse. And um, he puts it down on the table and says, oh, I forgot water. He says, just give me a second. So he goes out and he, gets, uh, he goes out to, to get water. And in the process, it's taking him too long. And this guy, this patient, is impatient. So what he, so what he does, he says, I like, remember there being a water cooler outside in the hallway. I don't know what's up to this doctor or anything. So after a while, he gets impatient. He grabs, he grabs the tablet, goes out. And he swallows this pill, and it takes him about three or four glasses of water to finally choke this thing down. He goes and sits down, and finally, after another five minutes, the doctor comes in uh, with a pail of warm water and says, There, so now we're just going to dissolve this tablet into the water, and you'll be able to soak your foot for 20 minutes. (laughs) Sometimes impatience gets you in trouble, isn't it? And patience is important to understand and learn uh, in terms of Scripture because it is intensely interwoven through Scripture. You can't see the Scriptures and understand the Scriptures until you really understand it, what patience is all about. Just think for a second about patience and how the Bible portrays it. You know, in in Egypt, where they were slaves, the Israelites were slaves. They were slaves, and they were in Egypt for over 400 years. And then when they finally escape... Uh, Egypt's grasp, and they're in the wilderness for, how long? 40 years. And when they find themselves uh, uh, in captivity, they're in captivity for 70 years. You know, the difference, the difference between Malachi and Matthew, uh, when we don't hear God, is over 400 years. We're just talking long periods of time, Scripture talks about And uh, so that says something about patience. Uh, My favorite, one of my favorite patience scriptures, and many people don't recognize it, is Zechariah. And the angel comes before Zechariah and he says, listen, your prayers are answered and you are going to have a son, John the Baptist. This is wonderful. And what's his reaction? Hey, man, I'm way past that time. Right? And you stop and think your prayers have been answered. I don't think he had been praying for a long time for that. All of a sudden, you know, his wife is probably in her fifties, is about to have a child. It's just God can sometimes be strange in, in this whole process. You know, I heard one person say, Patience is what you have when there are too many witnesses around. Let that one absorb for a little while. The question I honestly ask myself when it comes to patience is when I say the word patience to a church crowd, is it different from when I say the word patience to a crowd that perhaps has never ever gone to church? When I think of patience as a Christian, is it different from patience that someone who is from society would think of patience? Are uh, long suffering? Um, the term, the term for patience, uh, was hypothumia. That's the, the term actually, the Greek term. There's actually two terms for patience in scriptures: hypothumia, uh, hypo, uh, or sorry, macrothumia. Hypothumia. What am I thinking? Macrothumia. Macro meaning long or large, thumia meaning temper. So you have a long temper. It's the opposite of being short-fused. You become long-fused. There's another, there's another group which, which is called Harmony. So like hop on me almost, sounds like. Every time in the, New, in, the, in the King James Version you hear the word patience, it's usually that homophony passage of Scripture. But whenever you hear the term long-suffering in, in, in the King James Version, it is... Um, it is that um, a microthumia, and that's the term which is used in, in uh, the fruit of the Spirit, to be long-fused. Um, so the question I'm getting back to, I'm kind of dodging around here, is, so what's the difference between how the world, world sees patience or long-suffering and the way we see patience and long-suffering? So what I did is I, I, I observed a little bit and I've come to realize that society will have a tendency to think about patience in terms of self-advancement and self-advantage. I need to be patient because if I'm patient, then I will be able to get what I want. It's also a temporal thing. We kind of think within the range of our, our lifetime. And so a lot of times when you hear patience, it has to do with me being a better person, Right? Uh, I don't know if, of those people who have ever kind of heard of the experiment that they did with with, uh, with school children, elementary school children. They kind of, they did a videotape of them and they said, listen, here's the marshmallow. You can have that marshmallow now. Or if you wait 20 minutes, you get two marshmallows. And so what they do is they put the one marshmallow down and they leave the room. So this kid is stuck with a marshmallow in front of them for 20 minutes. And you kind of see what is taking place. And some kids, they couldn't take it. They ate the marshmallow. And, and then some waited until they got the two. And they're kind of saying those people uh, who are able to wait for the marshmallow have a better chance on getting some of the things that they want in life. That was kind of the, what the, the experiment was telling us. But for the believer in Christ, for those of us who passionately follow Christ, the target goes away from self-advancement to more of an idea of advancement of the kingdom of God. What is it that God is wanting me to accomplish? And it's not temporal. It's not the end of this world. It is something that we think in terms of the fact that, that we are going to live forever. And so it's not that we think differently. But there's a different perspective many times when it comes to it. And so as I take a look at scripture. I've come to, to find um, that the Godward aspect, God aspect of patience. Long-suffering is seen in a number of avenues. It's seen, and I have them up there, it's seen in life. Now, this is sometimes difficult for us to understand, but we kind of live good lives, don't we? If you take a look at, at society up until this time, life was kind of hard. That you lived so that you could get your next meal. That you weren't too sure how you were going to stay warm at night. And, and it was not an unregular thing to, to, as you lived up, you may have had five or six brothers, but one had passed away of some kind of a disease at that time. And so you needed patience in life. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where it talks about the love chapter. Um, and they talk about the very first thing when they describe love. Love is, first word, love is patience. Love is kind. Colossians chapter 13 says you need to put on a number of things. One of those things is, is patience. Another thing that scripture talks about when it's talking about patience is trial. Romans um, Romans chapter, um, is it 12, verse 12? It up? Yeah, it's up there. It Romans 12, 12 basically says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. The other time that you read about patience um, has to do with actual prayer, right? We hear that timely. Jesus kind of gave this parable so that uh, we would learn how to pray, and he says, and not to faint. Now, it's not the kind of thing that all of a sudden something happens when you pray, you just kind of pass out. That's not what talking about. We know that, when we hear about to, to pray and not to faint, that basically means don't give up. To be patient, to be persevering in the way we pray. As Pentecostals, we say, you need to pray through. I'm not too sure if other denominations say that. I've only grown up and, and known a Pentecostal environment. But that has been the old-fashioned Pentecostal saying, hey, you need to pray through. You need to wait on the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, when it talks about the, um, the gifts of the, or sorry, the, uh, the uh, armor of God, it talks about the sword of the spirit and the helmet of salvation and all those things. And after it gets done that, chapter 18 of, of Ephesians chapter 6, where that's found, it says, praying always with all supplication and watching with perseverance. It's often talked about in the aspect of Prayer. It's mentioned a whole lot in community because if there's an area that you need patience, it is in community. People have to exercise a lot of patience when they hear me speak. Well, maybe not. Hopefully not. that's not the case. But realize this. There are a lot of people with whom uh, they are EGR, which stands for, we all know, to be Extra grace required. There are extra grace required people. There's always one in every group. And if you look around and you don't see one, that means that you are the extra grace required person. Sometimes we need it for forgiveness. If you take a look at Ephesians chapter 2. It basically says, be completely humble, gentle, be patient, bearing one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond peace the other way that you see patience the other area that you see patience had to do with the fact that the new testament church believed to their core that jesus could return at any time and so you'll hear scriptures throughout the new testament in james it says be patient unto the coming of the lord that there's always the fact that we needed to be on our guard because we knew that Jesus could return at any time. So I kind of made a list, something to give to you, something to take home about the importance of grace, or sorry, the importance of grace, the importance of patience. Why do I need patience? What are some of the main reasons that patience is so important? Here's one. Patience allows you to respond rather than react. Let me just tell you this never underestimate the power of a measured response. That is so important. If you're going through a difficult time and if you have patience, you have the opportunity to respond in a Christ like manner. And what happens is we live most of our lives on reaction. But if you have a measured response, you can actually show people why your faith is so important. If you have a measured response, that's where you begin to see people around you getting saved. So it is important because it it allows you to respond rather than react. Patience allows you to see things from a realistic perspective. If you are patient, you will not allow the emotion of the time to dictate how to run your life. How many times are we run on emotion all of a sudden something's taking place it's not happening long enough it's not happening quick enough therefore we come to the conclusion that person doesn't like me and this is the reason this is taking place and i'm angry about it and we have no reason to be angry because that's not the truth at all if we can somehow be patient if it somehow we can allow things to work its way through if we can have the long fuse as opposed to the short fuse then you have a realistic perspective that can somehow help you Long suffering, our patience, actually allows you to hear the voice of God. I think one of our biggest problems in society is that we are so much in a hurry that we almost play we almost play Nikki Nine on God. Remember that? Remember that game, Nikki Nine Door? Do you remember Nikki Nine you know, you got together with a bunch of your friends and you had the bright idea of knocking on someone's door and running away so that when they answered the door, they weren't there. You we, you guys never did that? You're all good people? What was it called? Ring, no, ring and run. Oh. Ring and run. Knock and dash. Whatever you want to call it, everybody has kind of at least played the game. And you kind of... Run around the bush and you kind of look at them laughing. They're getting angry. Don't you kids ever come back here again? And when they go by, you knock on the door. You guys never seen that? Come on, folks. Have you people even lived? I think we do the same thing with God. We knock on the door. And we get so impatient, we walk away. So that by the time God gets there, we've already gone on to something else. Patience. Patience is one of those things that allows you to actually hear the voice of God. If you hang around long enough, long-suffering allows you to learn lessons that will actually mature you and and draw you closer to God. The thinking process and the hearing process, the learning process, the growing process. James, as he starts his book, says, listen, but let patience have her perfect work so that you might be perfect an entire wanting nothing You kind of see the play on words there Let patience have its perfect work So that you can be perfect An entire wanting nothing There's kind of a play uh, in, in the Greek That is talking about that The, the element of, of maturity Allows you to become more like Jesus So it kind of is the thing That matures us And the other thing is this Is that patience allows you to avoid trouble Again in James James talked a lot about patience didn't he Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, because the wrath of man bringeth not the righteousness of God. If you can hold on for a second, if you can kind of hold your tongue for a little bit, you will avoid being in trouble. Think over your life, folks, just for a little while and ask yourself, when have been the times that I have gotten myself in most trouble. Well, maybe you were in a room, you didn't have all the details, and you began to talk like you were the authority in the room. Or maybe you were upset over something, instead of allowing it to go through, allowing the process to take its its toll in your life, you sat down and you made some angry decisions at a, a moment of extreme emotion... The times i found I've gotten myself in trouble has probably been because I haven't been patient enough to um, wait things through. Ultimately, folks, ultimately patience is a trust issue. One of our favorite, most quotable verses is that old-time favorite that we have in Romans chapter. Is it 828? We all know that all things work to good. Right? basically if you trust god if you understand that he is working in your life it will eventually work to good but not in the time that probably you want it to 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 happen it's a trust issue when it comes right down to it one of my favorite stories in all the bible is in the end of the book of genesis where it talks about an individual named joseph right we know the story of joseph This guy kind of had all this ability and you could see the hand of God in his life and and you can kind of see the trajectory of his life going. All of a sudden, his brothers didn't like that. What'd they do? They sold him into slavery. And so he still trusts the Lord. He gets a job with Potiphar and he does the right thing in the fact that he doesn't want to seduce Potiphar's wife and so he runs away and then he goes to jail for seducing Potiphar's wife. The exact same thing he avoided doing. So he goes into prison. And at 28 years old, a baker and a butler have a dream. So let's do the math. 17 years old, he goes into slavery. 28 is when he has the vision and he interprets the the, the vision for the, the king's court people. And they forget to mention him until another big vision comes up at 30 years old. And at 30 years old, Potiphar, the, the, um, the uh, pharaoh, basically says, I have this dream, and, and they say that you can interpret, and his response is this, no, I can't. But the God I serve can and does, and we kind of go on to the, to the rest of the story. You know, we think, okay, that's kind of oh, 23 verses that we kind of read. What well, was 13 years from 17 to thirty? what some people consider the best years of your life. And therein lies, his, in his life, the secret to patience. You want the secret to patience? It's this. Are you ready for it? Did I, did I, that was a little bit of suspense there, wasn't it? If you can never lose sight of the fact That God is on your side, even in the most intense, hard times. Then you will have things down pat. That was the secret to Joseph. Because despite the fact that he was in prison for stuff that he didn't do, there wasn't a time in that particular time of 13 years where he said, well, forget God. Was God ever done for me? I hate that God has put me in here. He gives me this dream that I'm going to be one way and all of a sudden things go the other way. This stinks. God, this stinks. I hate this. I'm not even going to... Don't even bother hitting me. I'm not going to do anything for you. Is that somehow the way we feel? The secret to the power of Joseph was that in the process of patience, he never lost sight of the fact that God is on his side. And the same is true for everyone who is here. If you allow God... To help you. I always love that one passage. You can't talk about patience without bringing up that passage in Isaiah. This is they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run. They won't be weary. They will walk. They will not faint. We see that as a fill-up station, right? They that wait up the wait upon the Lord, God will fill up your tank. It doesn't say that. You know what it says? They will renew their strength. He will give you a new strength. I think there's a huge difference between one and the other, don't you? So, let me leave you with one story. It was uh, in the news, I think, about five years ago. Uh, There's a couple, uh, I think I have the names, Jeff and Rebecca Payne from Ohio. Uh, They had a wedding, and it was kind of one of those weddings. You've been to weddings like this. You get married at the church. And the reception is 15 minutes away at uh, the reception hall or or where, wherever, uh, wherever you choose to have it. Sometimes it's later in the afternoon because everyone wants to get take pictures and all that kind of stuff. But suffice it to say, they were supposed to have the wedding. And then in half an hour, the festivities were supposed to begin at another location. And that's kind of the way it was supposed to be. But it didn't because... Uh, Jeff and Rebecca were the last ones to leave to get to the destination. And in the time that, they, that everyone else had gotten to the reception hall, an accident that had happened on the highway. It was one of those accidents where it just kind of closes off traffic. So here they are stuck in traffic for at least over an hour. And at the reception hall, there are a bunch of people getting hungry and kind of aggravated. Hangry is the term that we use, is it not? Where are these people? What's going on? This is my wedding. How could this possibly happen to me? This is terrible, terrible, terrible. And so what happened was as they were waiting in the car, some people in the car next to them said, hey, what's going on? You guys are stuck in traffic. You're getting married. You haven't even had your first dance. They said, well, what are we supposed to do? Well, I got a, I got a, what is it? Spotify, we've got a great song. We're going to back up. You back up. We're going to turn the lights on. You guys are going to have your dance in the middle of the highway. Why not? Let's have a dance in the middle of the highway. So that's what ended up happening. People got out of their cars. They put this Spotify song. I can't remember what the song was. I think in the story, I probably have it down there. It doesn't really matter. Song doesn't matter, folks. And here they are in the middle of the highway, how the highway, having the very first dance in the midst of a terrible situation where they're required to wait. Eventually, they figured out what happened and someone came from the opposite direction where traffic was going. They had to hop over the guardrails and they got them back to the party. Well, what's this all about? Man, I, there have been so many times when I have been that person stuck in traffic a destination where I'm going to and I was supposed to be there a long time ago and this really stinks because it's something which is important in my life it's something I've been waiting for for the longest time so what do you do well you can sit in your car you can be angry sometimes though we gotta get out of our car maybe have that first dance I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're going through. I'm not too sure what the condition is that that you might be facing. But I know one thing for sure. All of us at some point in our life are going to have to be patient because God is doing something in us. And that's the thing you got to remember. That God is doing something in you. He's never ever going to leave you. He is always on your side. And if you allow him you will make something beautiful and something good. God, I pray that you make something beautiful, something good out of my life. Allow me, God, to be patient in all things. Allow me, Father, to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Lord, perfect me, Father, in those times that uh, I've had to wait. And I could just imagine, as I'm kind of praying this out right, right now, the Holy Spirit might be bringing Instances where we have had to be going through that time of patience or maybe we're going through a time right now where we're just impatient saying, God, what's going on in the midst of COVID-19? We haven't been together as a church for so many weeks and we're saying, okay, God, come on. Let an announcement happen this weekend that'll allow us to meet together. But even if it doesn't, Father, we gotta be patient. We gotta allow you to have your perfect work in us. And God, I pray that you will do that. I pray that we leave this place with a passion to know you in the good and to know you in the bad and to embrace those times where you're working in our life because that's when we grow. That's the times when you really start to minister and do something special in our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.